Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Spadrosian throws to Sandberg and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first, it's over! 27 years of waiting have come to an end! The Giants have won the pennant! All right, Brad, we are back. For the people who are watching that on video, we had this intro that I had put together... In like iMovie, like there's no animation in it. It's just it was just like a a zoom in on a photo. That's that has, cool though. That has stayed with us like for quite a long time. <laughs> but I'm hoping now, crossing my fingers, next week for our video show, we should have a new intro video. It's going to be pretty snazzy, and I think it'll be good. If you if you listen to the death lineup with me and uh, Hot Take Bry. We have a video for the Warrior Show, and uh, so it's not it's it's a different idea. It, it's a little bit there's a little bit more to it based on this baseball show, but the, you, you get the idea. Zach Hernandez, who hosts the Red and Gold Standard Show, uh, we we put the audio version of their video show in our BSPN uh, podcast feed. So he's the one who's doing it, and I think it looks pretty cool. So hopefully next yeah. week. We'll get it up here, and uh, people will be able to see it. All right. Nice. Last week, you predicted, I think it was five and one. No, I predicted four and two. Oh, did you? No. Oh. Oh. <clears throat> well, no, I mean. I predicted five and one. I mean, it should have been five and <laughs> it, one. It should have been six and oh, honestly. <laughs> I mean, it, when it really comes down to it, if it wasn't for the bullpen, it would be a six and a week. It would have been back-to-back sweeps. That's how close this team is to not falling off the face <laughs> of the earth and possibly taking a wild card spot. Yeah. And it's almost like the way that they played this past week where they got four out of six wins. And I know, I know my video is a little choppy, but it'll, it'll figure itself out. Um, they could have also, gone the other way because there was yesterday's game where they <laughs> desperately wanted to lose that game they were trying to lose that game and and thankfully tyro is like i got you guys we're not losing yeah um and, and and there were other moments there was the first game in san diego which way they did win uh thanks to some really really great pitching because it felt like they had, I don't know, runners in scoring positions like eight times with less than two outs and like nobody scored. Yeah. <laughs> it was something like it was something <laughs> weird like that. Yeah. So 
it's it was really like what this season has been like that week last week really showed through with the exception of we got a couple breaks and we got a couple guys who got hot Lamont Wade being one of them and with the exception of uh, the Junis start the starting pitching was rock solid and like you yeah. said you know the bullpen is, has been iffy all season long and it did it did let us down a bit and if we do have a better bullpen maybe we win one more game and we do go 5 and 1 in the week but uh, yeah it, it's going to be something that i think when we look at the end of the season whether or not they stay competitive they finally move back to 500 they were uh, two games under 500 when we went into last week you know what's so funny i don't i i'm trying to remember cuz i we love looking at the plus minus uh, the runs scored versus runs against. Do you know the Giants are still in the in the net positive by 20 runs or no 19 yeah. runs? I think they were 20 runs last week, and then they go two and four and two, and then they lose the run. It was probably because of that San Diego game, that third game, right, where it was like 13 to six or something. Yeah, and and, and you know a big part of that too, obviously, that helps you is the is the huge first half of the season. Um, yeah. They were dominating teams and had a really nice run differential going into um, God. I can't even think of how far back it's been since it the was. Uh, were, it was of... the last time they were in Pittsburgh, right? You, right. you remember Tyler Rogers gave up the Jack to lose that game in Pittsburgh, and it was like that day the wheels just fell off. Yeah, yeah. You can actually point to a day, which is. Sad because you can look back and, you, and you can see a day, and it was a bullpen. It was a bullpen that that you know a bullpen pitcher that blew it, unfortunately, and that's the theme we've had ever since. You know why I remember that day so well? Yeah. So we live in uh, an area that you're pretty familiar with. We live in in Sunnyvale. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were in the Bay Area, and we moved here during the pandemic. So. Everyone remembers what it was like in the pandemic when you couldn't even go anywhere. There were nothing. There was nothing open. And finally, slowly but surely, things started opening up. And Sunnyvale has a really nice little downtown. It's a very small area, but it's a really nice little downtown area, Murphy Avenue, where there's all kinds of like little restaurants and wine bars oh, yeah. and such. And my wife and I have not gone enough. Like, like we, it's just a great spot, but we haven't, we haven't gone enough. We haven't you know, eating out and, and, and hung out and stuff, but we're slowly but surely starting to utilize this great downtown. And we I remember that because we were on like a day date and we were sitting in the bar, we were eating lunch. And then I saw Tyler Rogers give up that home run. And I caught, I remember <laughs> laughing going like, wow, they, they really should have won this game. But they're, you know, this this stuff kind of happens. And I, I, you know, little did I know this would kind of be the beginning of what became a really, really, really bad part of the season and could still be going on. But I mean, they may they may have turned it around a little bit, at least, you know, if they play 500 baseball for the rest of the year and finish 500 and, you know, they won't be in the wild card. But I think I'll be okay with that. If they right. play a little bit better than 500, maybe they do get in the mix a little bit near the end. But if they fall off even further, then I think we would all think that it was a really disappointing season. So we'll see what happens. But I just remember that moment going like, eh, oh, well, that happens sometimes. <laughs> and then, oh, yeah, my gosh. Yeah. And you kind of have to feel that way on games like that, too, because what that guy had three home runs. 
three yeah. home runs that game. Yeah. And what so was it? Who kinda, was it? It was uh, Jack. Oh, uh, I forget his last name. Uh, I'd have to go back and look, but I am actually kind of curious because I remember, I don't remember watching the game, so I'm pretty sure I was listening to the game. It's like a Sunday morning game. Sunday, June 19th. So Almost yeah. two months ago. So, yeah, so I, w- I was definitely home, and I remember for some reason I was listening to it. So I might have been out in the yard with the headphones on doing something, and I remember that uh, I remember the third home run and I go, oh, this is unbelievable. That's uh, one of those things. It's not going to happen very often. You're not going to see it happen. The bullpen, this is a strong bullpen. We're not going to blow any, that many games. The rest of the season is kind of a fluke. <laughs> Little <laughs> did we know at the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, so, you know, it would be nice if you kind of had that little bookend where this series against Pittsburgh, when they come to town, it could be a little bit of a, of a jumping off point. And Logan Webb, I don't know how much we, uh, I don't know how much he really believes it, but he feels like that win on Saturday where he went, I think he went eight, right? Yeah, he did. He went eight innings. Uh, everybody was calling for him to come out in the ninth, but you know, uh, Kapler's got some faith in Duvall right now, which I totally understand. Yeah. yeah you know, he's right, got the new right pitch, now. so yeah, he's dirty. Well, he, I mean, he had to get out of the eighth, which he walked two hitters in the eighth after having not walked anybody, and he did get out of it. So great for him. I I love it. Uh, I love seeing him go deep into games because he's got that guile, right? Like he's got, you know, you look at him, he's like, he doesn't throw 95. So it's all, it's change-ups and sinkers, and knowing how to pitch, as you know, Kruko would say, and you know he's he's a he's a little bit of a bulldog there. So I, I love seeing him go deep because you know how badly he wants it. And Kapler let him finish that eighth inning. Like he was like, "Nope, you deserve to finish this thing. Let's let's get through the eighth. But yeah. Logan Webb thinks that you know something was a little different in the air. The 2012 team was celebrated before that game. So, you know, he was a little bit pumped because he got to see those guys. And obviously, you know, he kind of looks like, like Matt Cain's like little brother to an extent, like they got similarities, you know, the way that they look. So I could see that, you know, he's like, Oh man, Matt Cain threw a perfect game in 2012. I'm going to come out here and he pitched really well. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's been great to watch the starting pitching for sure. Um, I think there's too many times we get into the bullpen in the fifth and sixth inning and we kind of brace for what's going to happen. And we'll, we'll do some hardcore bullpen talk later, but, but I do love watching web pitch. Um, He is a lot of fun. Whenever he takes him on, it's, it's a, usually a little shaky in the first inning. Um, He kind of, takes a little bit to get the footing going, but once he does, he's really nasty. He wants to change up his working and everything else. So uh, definitely, I mean, we, you know, and, and the play he made the other night where he came off the mound and grabbed the ball. Oh my God. Uh, and, and, and uh, I can't remember who was at first. Was it Wade? I think Wade might've been at first. Um, and Wade broke way too far as right to his right to get the ball. Webb picked it up and uh, dove and tumbled and tagged the bag before the runner got there. And uh, we love to see it, you yeah. know, as former ball players. We love, I mean, that's what you're out there to do. But as a Giants fan, 
and and you've got this great starting pitching and that's mm-hmm. kind of all you have right now you yeah you, you get scared when you see something like that because you're like oh my god please stay please stay on your feet don't go to the ground don't tumble on your shoulder don't do anything bad because he's a big boy and when he lands that's kind of that's a little frightening yeah there was a moment earlier in the season and this is when things were going bad where he's got to cover first base on a double play and the throw, I think it was Crawford, the throw just was on the inside. So he's running toward the bag. And he's almost kind of got to stop his momentum and stretch back the other way. And he kind of ends up almost in a splits and on his butt. And you just saw it in his face, just yeah. like, come <laughs> on. Like, that. this is not how it's supposed to work. <laughs> but then, like you said, and Kruko was like, this is what separates this guy. He's actually a good athlete. And, you know, he's got, we've seen the football clips of him playing quarterback and such. So Kruko's like, yeah, this guy's a good athlete. This is what separates him from some of the other guys. He just has a willingness to to be out there and get dirty. So that was pretty yeah. cool. But we're kind of burying the lead here because there was a moment Sunday night, like I said, or Sunday afternoon, where Tyro Estrada saved us after uh, Evan Longoria thought it was uh, 2006 all over again. And, <laughs> Goes bare, he goes bare hand to make a play. Yeah, and I don't know if it was it was either Saturday or Sunday where he has to score on first from a double. Yeah, and and I, I in my head, it's Chris Berman going. He's rumbling. He's stumbling. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, is this guy gonna gonna get to the plate? And then at the end, he didn't. He doesn't have to slide. He can score standing up. But then he dives head first across home plate. Yes. And uh, Brandon Belt had a similar having to score from uh, first on a, on a double that took him forever. It's actually an error. Brian Reynolds uh, dropped the ball instead yeah, of right. Yeah. They took him forever, and I was just like, man, these guys. And Brandon Crawford's got a score, and he's running hard, but it's, <laughs> it's still taking him forever. And I was like, man, these poor these guys can't run for nothing. Uh, no. But but so Longoria, you know, he's got a score like that, and then he's got to try and make this play. And he throws it away. Just no chance, and and they get it. They get a run, and so Tyro picks him up, and you know it's one of those moments. The, the swing, is Tyro's swing, like when you know, he's right-handed hitter, and he doesn't have the swing where it's like that majestic cape, like Will Clark used to. They used to call it the cape yeah. when he would swing. Ken Griffey Jr. similar, but Tyro hits it, and he just spins off of his foot, and it was just like the most like violent swing that you would ever see from him. And I was like, man, he just, he knew that ball was gone. And it was like, it was, it was not like a bat flip or anything. It was just like a, this is a violent swing. And I I loved his follow through on it. It was great. And that ball goes out and the team celebrates him all around the bases. It felt like a, felt like a really good moment in a season that is missing those moments, right? Like we had, there was one, the the Yastrzemski one, where he hit the grand slam off a hater. Like that was one. And we thought maybe that's going to turn it around and it didn't really, but this is another one. And so hopefully they can pick up some momentum off something like this. Well, and this is a healthy team too. So, so when you see it, when you, when you have a series like that, I, I, I was telling people all day today, I was like, you know what? Us Giants fans, frustrating year compared to last year. You could always look and say, we're not the pirates. So, th- so that that's good. Right? <laughs> at least we're not the pirates. Because when you look at that game, I mean, yeah, they they just kind of they kept kind of giving it back and giving it back. And you got all these young guys out there. And 
throws coming in the catcher and bouncing off the catcher's face. Um, but yeah, so I mean, Estrada's swing when he hit that ball too. I think Kipe kind of threw me off with his call because he said <laughs> high drive. And then he paused and I was like, Oh no, that means it's going to be caught at the warning track. This is yeah. not good. And then both outfielders had kind of weird routes to the ball. I mean, that, um, the, the pirates have to be the only defenses worse than the giants. Oh my God. Yeah. And that, that's what I thought too. I go, well, they took weird routes to the ball. So if it's at the, if it's at the fence, maybe it'll drop in and something will happen. Um, but it took a couple, a couple of seconds. And then you see the first and second row, uh, fans starting to look over their head. And I was like, all right, here we go. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, and I had raw chicken on my hands cause I was cooking <laughs> a whole chicken last night. So I'm in the, I'm in the living room going like this. I'm, I'm dancing around hands up in the air with raw chicken. I can't touch anything. I can't clap. I'm just going, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's fun. I mean, you know, as a giants fan too, you get all this grumpiness from giants fans yeah. right now. And Oh, we're, you know, this team and that enjoy the moments, man, because yeah. that's what baseball is all about. And that's what this weekend was all about. A three game sweep. Enjoy that. I don't care if it was against the pirates or the uh, Texas all-star little league team. I don't care who it's against. It's a sweep. So just take it. <laughs> yeah. And you know, you never know what happens, you know, uh, the San Diego, we'll talk about this sort of near the end, maybe even the last thing we talk about with Fernando Tatis being suspended. Right. They should, you know, I think Kapler said, he's like, look, they have a good enough team without him. So they, that yeah. shouldn't really affect them. But you never, you never know. Baseball it can be an emotional and mental game as well. And I don't know. Saw some quotes from like Mike Clevenger, and I was like, dude, you're you're someone who's disappointed in another player. What are you doing? Yeah, that was some good stuff. But I saw that quote. He said, yeah, he needs to grow up and this and that. And I was like, wow. All right. Yeah. I'll so just so, just so, yeah, just so people, to, uh, if they don't remember. Clevenger was like one of the first athletes to break COVID protocol with the Indians. And I, I'm almost sure that was part of the reason he got traded. Cause they were just, like, I believe so. We can't yeah, deal I think with they were, this guy. I think he had done some other things too in the past. And they were like, you know what? We're good. Clev. We're going <laughs> to, yeah. we'll see you later. So <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, enjoy that moment. I hope fans did because it was great. It was uh, something that I think, you know, they don't do this anymore where when we were kids, they would do like the sh the end of the season show where it was like the recap of the yeah. season. And like, if they did a, sh a show like that, maybe see it and maybe NBC sports Bay area will do something like that, but this will be one of those moments that, that they have on, on that year end shows. It was excellent. And uh, yeah, you know, Tyro may not be the second baseman of the future for this team, but he is a pretty darn good baseball player. So that was fun to see him be able to do that. Yeah, for sure. He's been uh, such a kind of a, a backbone of this team. I think somebody had mentioned him on Twitter yesterday as being a possible Willie Mack award winner nominee, which I could totally see because, I mean, you know, he had the COVID uh, stretch there where he missed uh, a week and a half or something like that, 10 games or so. Other than that, he's pretty much been in there and, and done what he's uh uh, asked to have done. And uh, so it, it's, it's fun. I love watching him. He's one of my favorites on the team now. Um, 
he kind of was going into the season too. Cause I thought, well, we're going to see him at about 150 yeah. games. Yeah. Um, I think he was in one of our predictions too. We had pre preseason prediction. Oh man. That was we're going to have to go back to the <laughs> I know I was, I pulled him up today. I'm not going to spoil anything, but that'll be our year end show. <laughs> yeah. One of them. We're not even close. So <laughs> We had oh, a we had a we had a number and we'll have to figure this out because we're going to need a, an official ruling on this. But we had a number, an over under of a number of a specific home runs between Jock Peterson and Darren Ruff combined. So oh, we need a ruling. Yeah. Do we count the Mets home runs that yeah. Darren Ruff is going to hit? Uh, so how's, we'll, is we'll Darren Ruff, how's Darren Ruff doing in New York, by the way, because the Mets is. Are- Killing it. Oh, yeah. He's doing great against lefties. I mean, and that's kind of what the it's him and Vogelbach are just pretty much uh uh Vogelbach's a left-handed hitter. So they've they've got the two guys just platooning um off and on. But and Jock Peterson hasn't hit a home run since what, June twenty fifth or something like that. So yeah, he hit a couple of good baseballs last week. I know uh-huh. he's still hitting the ball really hard, but he's just not getting it elevated enough for sure. Yeah, for sure. So and and we need that. We obviously need that to happen. Um again, the team's healthy. So there's guys right right now that can kind of pick them up. Um and uh got a couple of, of big series lined up for this week. Um they're not against big teams, so that's why they're big series because they have to do to those teams, what they did to the Pirates. So. Yeah. Ruff's hitting a 333, six hits and 18 ABs, with three yep. of those hits being doubles and five RBI. So pretty good. Uh, and- yeah, he hit one off the middle of the wall in, in right field, opposite field, uh, the other night. And I thought, oh, he's got his first uh, New York jack, but hit right off the middle of the fence. Good for him, man. Good. Yeah, yeah. You know, you root for those guys, and they go to a good spot like New York, and Man, DeGrom and Scherzer, like, Mets fans are having the time of their lives, and I'm not that I care. You know, I don't care about the Mets. Uh, You know, though the 86 Mets were a really big team of of our childhood. That was a very memorable team. But Oh, yeah. You know, I I have friends who are Mets fans, and they're so fired up. I'm just like, it's awesome. It's so fun when your baseball team is awesome. Well, and if the Mets and the Dodgers happen to play in the NLCS, then then we'll be big Mets fans. So I even I, buy you know, a hat, man. I might, yeah. <laughs> we might have to wear a hat for this podcast if that happens. Just go get yourself a, a Daryl Strawberry jersey. And, oh, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll get a Dwight Gooden one, and we'll be good to go. Or maybe I get a, like an old New York Giants hat or something. Be oh, good. there you go. There you oh, go. yeah. That'd be uh, all right. Let's do Player of the Week. All right. So our Player of the Week this week, I got it up a little bit late today, but that's all right. We, uh, you know, we, we, we have work and we have kids today was, today was back to school day for my kids. So uh, by the way, yeah, are yeah. you excited for first day of school? Like that's one of my favorite days of the year. Like after yeah. a whole summer of the kids just being home and lounging and watching TV and just, I'm so bored. What am I supposed to do? First day of school, they're out of the house. It's peace and quiet again. I can work. That's one of my favorite days. I think tomorrow. So today was good, but my wife was at work. So I'm the drop off guy in the oh, morning. Okay. Um, and then the older one's going to be driving in about six weeks. She'll get her license. That's awesome. Uh, so she'll hopefully be able to take the younger one to school and then take herself to school. So the mornings are always a little hectic. Alarm hits at 530. I think tomorrow is going to be a little bit better because uh, uh, Denise is home and she could take the kids to school in the morning. Then I do the pickups. Um, 
but it was nice it, it, from the time I got home about seven forty five until about two something. It was just me. Yeah. So there was there was lots of Motley Crue. There was lots of Van Halen while I was working, and it was uh, it was very nice. So I do enjoy it. It is a quiet house, and uh, the summers are a little crazy around here because the older one is uh, go go go. Yeah. So it's you know get up in the morning, walks in holding the phone. Uh, we're gonna go do this, 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 and that today. I'm like, okay, how are you getting to all these places? <laughs> so, yeah. So the summer summers are a little hectic. So yes, today was a, a very nice kind of a freedom day for me, and I enjoyed it. Yeah. But like, uh, I think my wife, when I explained this to her, how first day of school is like one of my favorite days of the year. I think she <laughs> felt a little like. Oh, like, because, you know, mm-hmm. because, the, you know, they're my stepkids. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, 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 don't worry. For my own kids, it was the best, one of the best days of the year. Like, you didn't yes. know me when my kids were, were this age. But I was so excited first day of school. So same thing. This is not just because, you know, I have to go through this uh, all over again. It's, oh, yeah. No, it's 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 a nice day. It really is a nice day. Uh, the older one came home. Uh, she was home for about a half hour and she's gone again. So it's, we're <laughs> kind of back to the summer night thing where it's like gone again. So Wait, this is her junior year, <clears throat> junior year. Yes. Wow. Yeah. First football game of the year is coming up this Friday. So those plans have already been made as well. There you so, go. Yeah. She goes, you want to come to the game and watch it? No. <laughs> No, really don't. <laughs> I saw one game last year. I'm good. <laughs> oh man, great! All oh, great. You get to go through oh, the yeah. high school thing, and then college is right around the corner. Oh, exciting yeah. times! Exciting oh, times. Getting All right. for it. Let's get back right. to the player of the week. Player of the week tied for second place. Uh, we had uh, Tyro Estrada. He did not win this week. Tyra Estrada hit 348, 360 Woba, 7.7% K rate. I think that was in about 23 ABs. So that was strong. Um, one home run, four ribs, and the Sunday walk-off home run was yeah. not good enough to get him the Player of the Week award. Uh, tied for second place, Camilo Duvall. I know this was your guy. This was the guy you thought was going to get it this week. And I voted for him because last week I said, if he can get a three-save week, we could see Duvall getting Player of the Week award. He got a three-save week. Four games, four innings pitched, only two hits, four strikeouts. Um, But not enough because late-season Lamont Wade Jr. Mm. hitting 308. 582 Woba this week with three bombs, five ribs, two sack flies, and a stolen base. That's enough right there to uh, to get you the award. Player of the week. There he is, Lamont Wade Jr. His family was in town last year when his family was in town. He went off also. So what are the? I think the third base coach joked with him when he got back to the dugout after his uh, home run the other day and said, "I think we're going to have to lease." Uh, a place here for your parents to permanently yeah. stay. And he said, yeah, yeah. My, my, uh, my mom would love that. So <laughs> the, the one thing I will say about Duvall, the first that, so it was right after we record mm-hmm. they had the first game against the Padres. And uh, I don't even remember who was up, but he threw 103 mile per hour cutter sinker something I, I don't think it was a straight fastball 
Like that thing exploded out of his hands. And like when he threw it, he knew that there was greatness in that pitch because he's so fired up when he throws this pitch. Oh, yeah. And it's strike three, game over, Giants win 1-0. They take the first game. And wow, that was like one of those, who who is this guy? Like how can he just <laughs> dial up 103 at just whatever, whatever, whatever he did, you know, just let, let's bottle that and let's just keep it. Cause man, if he could do that, you know, cause we've been talking about this. I, I was, uh, I wanted the giant, you know, I, I didn't know how the money would work or the prospects would work, but I wanted the giants right. to chase Melanson because it was like, okay, we had a first run with Melanson. He wasn't great. He's, he was really good last year. He's not great this year, but maybe he could pick it up. But it was mostly so that we could save Duvall a little bit. I want yeah. I wanted to see Duvall out of the eighth inning, turn it over, and then you know let's see if we can do something there. But man, if he can throw that pitch, look, he he could be he could be phenomenal in 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 the upcoming years. Well, it's a, it's a little frightening because last year we had we 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 virtually had three guys that you can count on in the ninth inning. Tyler Rogers was that third guy, but you had Jake McGee and you had Duvall towards the end of the season. But if you really needed Tyler Rogers in a situation to come in in the ninth inning, uh, he could do it if you had to give the other guys rest. This year, there's none of that. Mm-hmm. This year, right now, it's Duvall. And there's nobody else that could pick up the ninth because Tyler Rogers whether it's bad luck, uh, whether it's guys have kind of figured out his rising pitches. Um, it, 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 I, I would not feel good having him coming in the ninth inning. Uh, yesterday when Doval came in after three straight, uh, that was his third straight um, relief appearance, and he came in in a tie ball game, I, I gave up the run, but it was not an earned run. It was on an error. I was nervous. I told you that over text. I said, yeah. he's coming in for the third straight day. Yeah. Uh, th- this makes me very, very nervous. I, I, and, but there's nobody else. There's nobody else in this situation right now. That bullpen is just, I mean, they've got a lot of ground to make up in the wild card race. And, and with this bullpen, man, it's going to be tough. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. The um, thing that, yeah. It, so uh, I was going to save this for when we talked about bullpen, but, I'll lead it into to our bullpen discussion. Uh, we'll we'll talk about what we're drinking here right now as well. But I think the one thing, like if you can, I don't know, I don't know if we're here in the blame game with Zadie. I know he's getting a lot of it from some of the fan base, but I think the one thing that you could actually give him some constructive criticism, or or maybe even you know non constructive criticism, is that. The bullpen, we knew the, the the defense is harder to fix. Like they yeah. just have old old players, but they need those guys because of their bats. The bullpen, if you just added one arm, one dependable arm, and we saw guys go right. Hater got traded. Now they weren't going to trade for him. Like he was, no. you know, that that was a lot of prospects. Uh, Trevor Rogers got traded back in that deal. Uh, there were other pitchers who 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 were traded, but. You know, if they could have added one more arm, I, I would have been I would have thought that, OK, at least he sees that, you know, this bullpen is is so overworked and so much to the point that Brebbia, who was kind of a little bit of like a 
uh, a twinkling uh, uh, of our eye and unexpected, right? Because you expect Brebby to be sort of a, a consistent arm, maybe not necessarily a gem, but he'd, he'd been one of the gems of the bullpen. And now you can just sense he, he lead. I think he leads all of baseball in appearances. And yeah. now, and now he's, you know, now he's leaking a little bit. Uh, but outside of, of Duvall, Brebbia, there, there may be another guy who who's okay. But they're a leaky pen, and they needed to add that one guy. And I think if you are going to criticize Farhan, he cannot fix the defense in one trade deadline. The offense is, for whatever reason, just unclutched this year. They got guys sitting on bases ready to come, ready to be scored, and the, and, the, and it doesn't happen. Uh, but the starting pitching has been great. But dang, the bullpen seemed to be a little bit fixable at the trade deadline, and they didn't do it. So that's uh, that. That's my. That's how we're going to lead into this conversation. But before that, let's talk about what we are drinking. And I, I've been going first a lot, so I'll let you go All first. Right. Yeah. So I've got. Uh, I forgot to bring in the bourbon with me, but I I I like to get the Trader Joe's bourbon mm-hmm. uh, that they have there. I think it's like. 18 bucks or something like that. And it's good. It's, it's a good mixer. It's not one you want to drink straight usually. Um, but I like to pop that in with the, uh, ginger ale Zevia. There we go. Um, and so a nice big tall, that's, well, we'll call that a highball, right? I don't Yeah. Know. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Yeah. We'll call that a highball. So that's my ginger ale Trader Joe's bourbon highball. It's not fancy. I like if it. If you just if you just want to drink and you want to get there, <laughs> that's the drink. <laughs> uh, so I was telling you that uh, I had some tequila uh, and, you know, I drink the Terramana. You've had some Terramana before. Yeah. Uh, you, you you add a little bit of grape uh, grapefruit soda to it. Yeah, um, I, like that one. I So what I usually do is I just drink it with a, you know, with a big ice cube, but I chill it. So chilling it means just putting it in the freezer and it doesn't freeze, but it gets a little thick, I would say, like a little a little bit of a gel rather than the clear the the liquid that it is. And so I, I looked this up. Is freezing tequila like the right thing to do? And hardcore tequila drinkers are like, no, why would you ever, ever do that? But then friends who drink it say, oh, yeah, I really like it that way. I really like it because it's automatically cold. Then you put it over the ice cube and it's so it's just chilled. Yeah. And so then I was like, huh, how should I do this? Should I drink it chilled? Should I drink it just regular but over ice? So then I was like, hmm, what is how does Dwayne the Rock Johnson drink it? (laughs) And <laughs> that's the only that's the only <laughs> question you need to ask, really. Quit asking your friends stuff. Just and ask so, that question. And so uh I I watch him and you know he ha- he drinks it chilled because every time he opens, he pops the thing. You could see the bottle is has, has some a little bit of like uh ice icing on it. And I'm like, okay, so I'm just gonna drink it that way. If the rock drinks it that way, and it is his tequila <laughs> brand, then I will drink right. it that way. So uh, I went to, or actually Crystal went to Total Wine, and she got the Añejo brand uh, of Terramana, or the Añejo style of Terra, uh, of Terramana tequila. If I go to Safeway, they only have uh, the silver or the gold, 
But for whatever reason, they don't have the Añejo. So we go to Total Wine. She had a coupon that was like 10 bucks off. Because for whatever reason, this one is like about $15 more expensive than uh, the other the other brand, the other versions of uh, Terramana. So, and, and it's my favorite one, of course, the most expensive one. So that's what I'm drinking is the Terramana Añejo Chilled. Yeah, I think the Añejos are more expensive because they're aged longer. I think there's a different process to them. And those are the ones, like the silvers are all the mixers. Yeah. And the Añejos are more like, oh, you're just going to drink that over, you know, on the rocks. And, yeah. But, of great. course, when we were in college, <laughs> that's not what it was there for. It yeah. was there to do shots. Yeah. <laughs> I, have you ever been to a tequila tasting? I have not, but I would really like to. I think that'd be fun. Our our total wine here used to have this big room in the back, and my dad and I went to a couple of uh, like beer lectures just for fun. We went mm-hmm. to one that was all German beers, and then we had tasters afterwards, and oh, we had a good time cool. with that. Yeah, and then we were going to go to a bourbon one, and then COVID hit, and now yeah. they shut down the room, so they don't yeah. even they closed off the room. They don't even have it for anything anymore. Yeah, I went to a tequila tasting once. It was really fun, but nice. yeah. Uh, at old uh, next door holiday parties, one of the gimmicks was tequila shots at the party. Yes. And so we would do those. But you know, <laughs> tequila is an interesting liquor to shoot. So I, don't, yes. I mean, I, 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 li- I like the taste of it. So I'd rather sit with it rather than shoot it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So what, I mean, it was what we used to, we used to take the Cuervo. In a shot glass, you know, the tall shot glasses, tall, thin ones. So you'd pour that in there halfway, and the rest you'd fill with Sprite, and you would just smack it on the table like oh, a tequila yeah. popper and then drink it like that. And it actually tasted pretty good. But Yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's don't exact. do that, kids. <laughs> that is definitely a way that I see t- people drink tequilas with Sprite. Yes, yeah. So, so j- just as, a, as an aside, and we'll move on right now, but uh, so... I'm going to interview. I think it's not 100% sure. It's possibly going to happen on Friday. But somebody who actually works for Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, he, he, that's he works, awesome, man. He works for uh, his production company, Seven Bucks Production. He's a, he's a writer for for uh, the Rock. So I, I, he wrote oh, a book. Awesome. So I'm probably going to be interviewing him sometime this week. But I, I j- the book comes out tonight. So I got to like read through a lot of it so that I have. Oh, some geez. Questions. Yeah. Another fun one to uh, interview, and I, I had Men's Health Magazine back in the day, was uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson's stunt double. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the dude who looks just like him, and he <laughs> lives in Hawaii, and then and he, he has, like, his home gym in Hawaii, like yeah. a shack. Yeah. And then when he finds out, you know, Rock calls him and says, hey, I got this movie. It's coming up. We're shooting in about eight months. He goes, all right, here we go. I'm getting into shape. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That'd be that'd be cool to talk to that guy. He's probably yeah. got some interesting stories. <laughs> oh yeah, that'd be that'd be crazy. <laughs> uh, all right, let's uh, let's move on here. We we teased talking about the bullpen, so I wanted to turn it over to you because you know a source of frustration with fans, I think, is last year we were a little bit maybe spoiled with how good the bullpen was. And this year, I wouldn't say it's quite the opposite, but this is kind of how it works. And 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 what I'm going to go back to, and because and, we're going to talk about the 2012 reunion right after this, mm-hmm. but uh, Dave Fleming mentioned that the core four of the Giants bullpen from back in the day, like that doesn't necessarily happen. You have... Right. 
relievers who kind of, you know, have a good year or a bad year, but they don't really stay with teams very long, especially many, multiple relievers. And so last year we had this great bullpen. They really, really helped the Giants win those 107 games. And this year, I think the bullpen's been pretty disappointing. You know, poor Tyler Rogers is a little bit of uh, uh, of the face of that bullpen being disappointing because of the disappointing year that he's had. And, you know, Grant Bris- Brisby wrote a, a pretty good piece about what his numbers look like compared to last year. And some of his numbers are actually better this year than they were last year. But, you know, for whatever reason, you know, he's he's uh, the, 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 I think they have I think people are less worried about his arm angle this year than they were last year. But, um, for, you know, for whatever reason, he's a completely different pitcher. And and some of it is bad luck. Some of it isn't. But uh, you were going to do a little bit of a dive I- I- into the bullpen. So I kind of want to turn it over to you now. Yeah, sure. So uh, now we're just going to kind of concentrate a little bit on the last week of the bullpen because we we know, I mean, this bullpen has been rough off and on, but it's never the same guy. So that's that's kind of a a point of frustration. Uh, last week, when you look at the bullpen, so we had six games. Uh, Giants went four and two in that stretch. Um, and, and, and during that stretch, the bullpen pitched in 18 and two thirds innings in six games. That's a lot of innings. So like you had said at one point too, during the week, when we were texting back and forth, he said, this bullpen is gassed. Yeah. I mean, this is a, Big time. this is a burned out bullpen um, because you've got Radon who can go seven, sometimes eight, but he's only been going five or six lately. Uh, and then you've got Webb, who can go eight, but sometimes mm-hmm. he goes five. And then you got everybody else. Then you got Wood. Um, then you've got Cobb. And then you've got Junis at the moment. Yeah. Uh, those are like, you know, four or five inning guys. So you're having your bullpen eat up a lot of innings. So in the sixth game, the Giants' uh, bullpen went 18 and two-thirds innings. They gave up 26 hits, 16 runs, five home runs. They did strike out 20 batters in 18 and two thirds, which is really when you look at it deep in some of the more successful bullpens, that's not a lot of strikeouts. They still are putting the ball in play. There's still a ground ball bullpen, but as we know with the giants defense, that can run you into some issues as well. They also walked six batters in 18 and two thirds innings, which is actually pretty good. That, that, that's not a bad clip. That's, you know, Three walked batters per nine, just about. Um, leads given up on the week. Tyler Rogers gave up the ninth inning lead on Tuesday against the Padres. Uh, Junior Marte <laughs> came into a, a beautiful lead <laughs> in, in Wednesday's game against the Padres, gave up that lead um, in the sixth inning. Brebia in the seventh inning. Yesterday against the Pirates, gave up that lead. The Giants ended up fighting back. The Pirates said, you like this game? You want this game? Here it is. And they gave it back to us. Uh, Not taking anything away from Tyro Estrada, but uh, I don't even think we would have been in that situation without some misplayed fly balls. Um, But but it's just, it's safe to say the Giants need some sort of, uh, some sort of help, some sort of, uh, shot in the arm. Cause like we just talked about Melanson would have been a nice pickup, not even to close out ball games, but to be a seventh or eighth inning guy, seventh or eighth inning veteran to be there to help out Duvall in case he ever needed that. Um, we, we forget about Zach Littell. 
he's on a uh, on a uh, rehab assignment right now back in uh, Sacramento. I was just checking out his numbers today. He's pitched eight and a third innings uh, so far, giving up six hits, four runs, two home runs, two walks, but struck out nine batters. His whip is point nine six. Um, so we should be seeing him fairly soon. That should help the Giants out a little bit because, as we know, Zach Littell was was pretty on fire at the beginning of the season. He was pitching really well. This will help Brebbia because, I mean, they're basically the same guy. But if you can split him into two and and take some of that weight off of Brebbia's shoulders, that's really nice. Um, looking at the week, though, Thomas Zapuki, um, the left-hander that the Giants got in uh, one of their – uh, deadline deals. Yep. Uh, a third of an inning. He faced three batters, gave up two hits, uh, a gave blast a home nice run. Nice bomb there. Yeah. The Gi- Giants still won that game. Um, but the, these are the type of guys that the Giants are plugging in right now. Junior Marte was sent back down um, yesterday. And then Brebbia again pitched in three games this week. Duvall pitched in four games this week. Harleen Garcia pitched in three games this week. Alex Young had pitched in two games this week. Tyler Rogers, two. Um, it, it's just, it's it's really a very, very gassed bullpen. Yep. Um, when September 1st rolls around, that'll be nice when you can expand the rosters. And again, I can't remember if they changed that rule this year. Did they change that rule where... Um, not as many guys can come up, right? Yeah. I don't think you're going to be at, uh, you can't have the, the 40, like you used to have in the past. I don't think anybody ever brought up 40 because you're not giving anybody enough reps at that point. Right. Um, but if the giants can get some of their triple a arms healthy, um, Santos is on the 40 man roster. He's not a guy that's going to help out a whole lot right now. Cause he just walks batters after batter. Um, and I was trying to look at some of the other things. Uh, Streifler, who the Giants also got in a bull, uh, you know, a bullpen piece in mm-hmm. the trade deadline. He's pitched in five innings. He's walked five mm. in Sacramento. Um, Jose Alvarez, uh, you know, he's he's going to be making a rehab assignment hopefully here soon. Um, you Kareem know, just, Castro just, got got picked up after they DFA'd him. Yeah, Kervin Castro. Randy Rodriguez is in AAA. He's on the uh, 40-man roster, but in two and a third innings there, he's walked four, uh, given up two hits, four runs, and only struck out one. So his ERA is sitting at a nice and pretty 15.43. So really when you look at it, and like you said, I think the Giants needed to make just – a single bullpen move, you know, a Tony Watson type of guy. Yeah. Somebody, somebody on a team like Melanson who is on a team who's going nowhere, but has that experience. Will Smith, get Will Smith back. He ended up getting traded um, from Atlanta. Uh, I think he went, I want to say to the Angels because the Angels got Erasio Iglesias. Uh, Raciel Iglesias, another guy that Giants could have gotten. Um, they could have eaten his contract, no problem. They could have taken on his entire contract. Totally. He just got a new four-year deal. They could have taken the entire contract and basically given up uh, you know, a player to be named later at that point. And the Angels might have been just happy to get rid of the contract. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, going forward, the Giants really have to make up a lot of, of games at this point. They're, what, six and a half games back of a wild card spot or six games back starting tonight. And uh, 
if they if they get into the fifth inning and the starter has to be pulled, there's not a lot of confidence uh, in Giants fans right now with this bullpen. And you know who they face tonight? Mad Bum. Mad Bum. They got the Mad Bum. So that'll be fun. Yeah, that'll be nice. And and looking at the schedule again too, we talked about Arizona and Colorado. I don't know why I'm losing my voice, but I'm going to have some water. Um, it's very dry here. It gets very dry in Reno. So I'm what was the temperature of, today? Oh, 97 again. I mean, it's, yeah. it's like 97 every day with a nice humidity of 7%. It's uh, <laughs> very dry. <laughs> so more to your point. So yeah, yeah. D-backs are here for four. They play all the way through Thursday. And I, I saw the Giants play the Diamondbacks in Arizona, and the Giants didn't win any yeah. of those games, which was frustrating, but maybe they pay them back here. And then they go to Colorado. They got three against Colorado. Next week, they got two in Detroit. It's, all, it's always fun to kind of see the American League ballparks that we don't see all the time. So it'll be fun oh, yeah. watching those games on TV. And then the Twins over the weekend – so and then and then back home for the Padres. So, you know, they do have some games that they can win, like you said earlier. If they can win, you know, 70, 80 percent of them, maybe they they do get back in the race. But if they don't, every time they don't, they just fall so far back with with less games to play. And as we know, you know, September um, and then, you know, there's only one, there's only like five games in October. So really. You know, you have a month and a half left in the baseball season, so they need to stay within striking distance. And striking distance is really not where they are right now. It's more like three or four games back rather than the six that they are. Well, and like I said last week, so after that San Diego series, the Giants have 12 games against Pittsburgh, Arizona, Colorado, Detroit. So I was saying it would be nice to see them go 12 and two, or sorry, 10 and two in those 12 games. And they started out three and zero, so now we're down to just going seven and two in the next nine games against these teams. And so, if the Giants can give a little throwback this week, taking a look at what they did against the Diamondbacks last year, they were seventeen and two against Arizona. This year, they're three and six against Arizona with a minus seven run differential against the Rockies last year. I, 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 I'm still trying to figure this one out. So hopefully (laughs) these next four games against Arizona fix that. Mm -hmm. And then last year against the Rockies, 15 and four. And this year they're six and three against the Rockies. So a little bit better. Uh, They fare better this year against the Rockies than the Diamondbacks. And this year they have a plus 15 run differential against Colorado. So, these are the teams you get right against. Yeah. Um, and, and again, they're they're healthier. So you've got four, you've got seven straight games, four again at home. Then you go to Colorado for three. Then you get an off day on Monday, two games in Detroit, and an off day on Thursday before you go to Minnesota. So they got a couple of days off. Um, we're talking about a tired bullpen. So hopefully they can get the starters to go a little bit deeper in the next couple of games, get some reinforcements from AAA, get Zach Littell back up here. Uh, and then at that point, you got a couple of days off, and then they're in Minnesota and home for San Diego. So, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of promise going forward. I think we'll know a lot more by the end of August. We only have a couple of weeks left in August, but I think we'll know a lot more once uh, September 1st hits. Um 
what this team is going to look like. If, if we see uh, a lot more Elliot Ramos in the outfield, September 1st, we know kind of how yeah. things <laughs> went at that point. So, yes. <laughs> uh, Andrew Baggerly tweeted earlier today. He said, if by some miracle, the giants have a run left in them, then the Dodgers could do them a few favors. Now Walker, Walker Bueller's out for the year, unfortunately yes. for the Dodgers, L.A. has seven games with the Brewers and nine remaining against the Padres, three versus St. Louis, two. So those are all the teams that the Giants will need to face. And and right now, the Dodgers are like just a ridiculous, ridiculous baseball team. They're almost playing 700 baseball. They have 79 wins. They are four wins ahead of Houston, seven wins ahead of the Yankees. And the Yankees get so much play by the national media, you'd think the Yankees were the best team in New York. No, the Mets have 75 wins versus the Yankees, 72 wins. But the Dodgers, clearly the best team in baseball right now, 79 and 34. They finally lost the other day, but they were on like a 12-game winning streak or something crazy. Yeah. So, so what are they on? What are the Dodgers on pace for? Some ridiculous like 115, 116 wins or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Insane. I don't know what it is. I mean, you know, at uh, near the end of the season, they're going to be so far ahead. Like they're 16 games ahead of San Diego, and you know, they're the. I, I guess the the reason for them to continue playing is is to make sure that they they are ahead of the Mets. But you know, they're they're four games ahead of the Mets right now. So may, maybe the Mets push them to to keep playing really good baseball. But uh, yeah, otherwise, you know, they they can probably kind of chill for the last couple of weeks of the season and not really press too hard and still have a really, really good record. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Last two segments of this show quickly Saturday night, Saturday, early evening, the 2012 world series team was celebrated at the ballpark. That team is very near and dear to my heart every every Giants fan's heart. But, but the reason is because I was at game one of the World Series and I got to see Pablo go deep three times and Zito, you know, it was Zito against Verlander. Like, who would have thought the Giants win that baseball game? <laughs> uh, and, you know, Z- Zito had just come off of the, the really good start in, in St. Louis where he, he starts the 3-1 game. You know, they're down 3-1. Must win. He wins that. We get the whole rally Zito thing going on Twitter. And you ask people on Twitter, we helped a little bit. Like with oh, the rally sure. Zito and the graphics, like just the good juju. And that rally that is, enchiladas. Rally yeah, enchiladas was a local yeah. song. Yeah. yeah. All that stuff <laughs> is so memorable memorable to me. Uh, but so it was, it was fun to see them celebrated. Now, the sad part, is, you know, you and I had been talking about Lincecum. You know, where's Lincecum been? You know, they do these things for Posey. Lincecum wasn't there for Posey. And word came out that Lincecum's wife, Kristen Coleman, passed away from cancer. And I think that really, like, like I, I don't remember seeing her very often. Like, he, Tim, Tim is not a public guy. He's a very private guy. I don't remember seeing her very often, if if at all. And that thing hit me like a ton of bricks, man. I was like, wow, I feel so bad for Tim and her family and his family. And it makes all the sense in the world why he's kind of not been in the public eye for a lot of this stuff. But I was really sad to see that. And, 
you know, first the Giants Twitter, this shows you kind of how private Tim is. Giants Twitter originally published that tweet saying that it was his longtime girlfriend. So what I imagine is, is they didn't even realize that she and Tim were married. So, uh, so yeah, just again, you know, he's, he's a very private guy, but oh man, that, that one, that one hit me. I, I was so sad. Yeah, that, that was pretty rough to hear. And uh, like you said, too, I mean, when they said longtime girlfriend, I thought uh, I, I I remember seeing the, the um, her at one of the World Series celebrations and whatnot on, on one of the floats or something like that. But it was so long ago. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you said, it was so private. Nobody even knew that he was married or, or that uh you know, uh, who knows? I mean, he might, they might even have kids. I, I'm not really sure. Um, but yeah, that, that was, that was very sad. And anytime you hear something like that, uh, in the giants family, um, you kind of pause for a moment, right? You yeah. know, watching the celebration the other night when they did pause before they did the national anthem, I actually yeah. stopped. I mean, I was doing dishes, towel over my shoulder and I just stopped because you, you know, you, you feel it. Uh, in your heart, in your soul, we're, we've lived and loved this team and these players since we can remember being kids. Uh, so it's kind of like a, you know, like a, whether it be a distant family member or a family member, when, when something like that happens, you really just kind of feel it. Yeah. Timmy is unconditionally loved by this fan base. So, you know, what, whatever has to happen, if we see him in the near future, he will be the most celebrated person you know when he does get to the park but oh yeah completely understandable why he hasn't hasn't been around and and just you know just wishing the best for him and and his family and her family yeah for sure uh, okay 2012 reunion who was your favorite speaker who was out there uh you know in front of the crowd and i thought dave fleming did a tremendous job you know it was interesting i don't often hear that from him though with the I guess you would say bad umpiring strike zones. You hear from him a little bit more, especially with the the JD Davis one from the uh, the Padres game where they came oh, back against yeah. Hater and and he got called for that strike three. That that ball was like a foot outside. <laughs> yeah, lot lots of we from Fleming, right? Like he's the broadcaster. Yes. I know he works for the Giants, but lots of like we. I was like, wow, I haven't heard that from him before. So that was pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, I thought he did a great job sort of being the MC of that whole thing, asking tons of questions. It was great to see all those guys. But yeah, who was your favorite speaker that you saw out there on Saturday? I, I enjoyed Affelt. I think everybody always enjoys Affelt. I think he's always fun. Um poking fun at guys and turn around and, you know, saying things to other people talking about his crazy injuries. Yeah. Uh that was always and Zito. I mean, Zito is kind of the guy you feel like now you could probably just go over, um, grab the, uh, grab the ukulele. I'll ukulele. head over to yeah, his yeah. house and, uh, <laughs> and I'll, 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 I'll bring along some, uh, some gummies with me and we'll hang out and <laughs> me and Zito will jam. And he, and, and so, and he sounded like that too on, uh, during the broadcast, you're sitting there going, Oh, he's, He's a little loose. He's pretty loose. Yeah. Fun guy. (laughs) But you didn't see that with the Giants. You always saw very tight. Yeah. Very uh, contract heavy on the head. Uh, Yeah. That contract. Um, He carried that thing on his shoulders. Oh, for sure. So, so to see him 
loose, having fun, being super chill. I really, really enjoyed that. I, I think Zito was definitely my favorite. Yeah, man. I mean, if you and Zeke hang out, you know, I'll go. I'll have a quarter of a gummy. <laughs> yeah, man. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll have a good time. We'll, we'll jam, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it was a blast. Uh, I'm trying to think of who was my favorite. Uh, you know what I liked is, um, you know, Marco Scudero was trying to make jokes, and I don't think like everybody really caught on to the jokes because even when Vogel Song was was there, he made a, he made an enchiladas joke, but. Yeah, <laughs> like they kind of just ran through it, like, and so you know, I was, I was feeling for Marco because you know Marco's really when when you talk about that NLCS against St. Louis, like he's the guy for that series, and they make that trade late in the season where they add on just a guy who fit. Like, imagine if the Giants traded for someone like Marco Scudero right now, like he would solve yeah. so many problems for them for this current team. But yeah, so I liked seeing him. Uh, I, I would say Santiago Castillo was my favorite one because, yeah, you know, he was having a blast. He was like, "Hey, I can go three right now." Like, <laughs> I'm like, "Put get a uniform on this guy. He can probably yes. still throw 95." <laughs> like, well, we could use him and Romo right now, can't we? Oh yeah, and Romo's no, 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 still no, pitching. Look, yeah, Romo can throw the frisbee slider, and and he can yes. like. I'm sure he could do whatever Tyler Rogers is doing right now, right? Like, absolutely. You know, so. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they they would. Yeah, you probably can't have both on the same team, but uh, but yeah, yeah I, I mean it. But that 2012 team, uh, I think Bochi said it was. Uh, I don't I don't remember the exact wording, but it made me feel like he thought that was the best team out of the World Series teams. Yeah, and that was the. Yeah, that that was the team that clinched very early, right? If, from what I remember, I think they won like uh, 95 games. Yeah, earlier than the 2010 team because that was on the last day of the season. Yeah. Uh, 2014 was Sneaks a wild card with the team. Wild card. Yeah. So 2012, I think it was that early clincher, and I think I remember that too. That was a couple weeks into September, and they clinched, and I was out at a concert, and I saw the clinch, and I, you know, I was like, "All right, man, this is a." Uh, what do we do the next two weeks now? Pretty, <laughs> pretty easy riding, waiting to get to the playoffs, and then and then the playoffs hit, and I thought, oh, this team, there's a letdown. Yeah, they haven't had to play for anything for a couple of weeks, and now they're just kind of vibed out, and yeah, you know. So, yeah, that was a fun, that was definitely a fun team. I've got you know, I got I got all the good stuff right here. I'm oh just, yeah, I, oh, I'm just yeah. thinking of I'm probably gonna have to watch the 2012 one again. Um, this weekend just 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 to watch that again um i think that's the one that's actually narrated by uh uh who is, is it I tom hanks's son no no colin hanks i think it was 2014 oh, okay 2012 was i'll have to find it i i'm not wearing glasses garrett <laughs> i don't know <laughs> well, but, you'll, have to, you'll but, have to tell us next week yeah, the first one, 2010, was narrated by Rob Schneider of Saturday oh, yes. Night Live. Things. Yes. So that, that's a fun one to watch just because of him. Um, I mean, his name's on the tip of my tongue, too. Darn it. Anyways, uh, yeah, so I have to go back and watch that because reliving and refeeling those first two playoff series against the Reds and Cardinals, extremely painful because, oh, uh, oh God, I remember just sitting at work and I had this little junky TV and I was like, Oh, I got, I got to try to find the game. So I put it on an, uh, a, 
uh, coax cable. We had cable run into all of our, all of our building at the time. So I popped a cable into it and I'm watching fuzzy old, you know, horrible 18 times split <laughs> cable through this building and, uh, watching that game. So that would have been cause right. They were down two one, uh, cause it was the best, uh, three out of five yeah. in Cincinnati. So they're yeah. down two one. So it was game four. I was watching it in the building. And then I remember the Buster Posey Grand Slam. Oh, yeah. And one of the kids was sick. They were in the bathtub. <laughs> and so I was sitting next to the bathtub watching it on another crappy TV. Oh, just all the good and, and now we can pull all this stuff up on our phones. Yeah. And now, yeah, now it's totally different. Ten years later, here we are, and we can yeah. watch it on the screens. Any any of the 50 screens that we own. I know. We can watch I know. It on. I know. It's, it's so crazy. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, we're going to end it here. But I wanted to quickly get your thoughts now. This is on a little bit of a sour note, but the reason why I bring it up is because we mentioned Fernando Tatis at the beginning here. Yeah, yeah. We lived through Balco and Barry Bonds, right? And we've had to sort of yes. sit with that and and kind of analyze our own thoughts in in how we feel. And still, yet, you know, Barry Bonds is still very beloved. Giants, two Giants fans. You ask Dodgers fans, and they think he's like the Antichrist. <laughs> but, uh, but. So we under we, you know we lived this this whole PEDs thing and and so now it comes up again with Fernando Tatis Jr. I have a I wouldn't say a deep knowledge of PEDs but because of the other things that I cover I kind of know a little bit about what this stuff mm-hmm. does. Uh what was your initial reaction to Tatis testing positive and then being out the 80 games for for the whatever it is that he tested for, which is uh, yeah, an, an, essentially an anabolic steroid. Yeah. When I, when I first saw it, I thought, Oh, wow. Um, I, I, but my first thought was where was he during his rehab where he was able to do this stuff uh, where there wasn't a Padres official with him to say, Hey, let's make sure Whatever it is that you're taking during your rehab is legit. Because right. uh, you, you got to figure nowadays, 2022, there's got to be people that you would think would approve. I mean, we're only talking about 40 players. We're talking about a 40-man roster. We're only talking about a couple of people that need to monitor what goes into the bodies of these 40 players. Yeah. You want to, you want to go out and eat eight pizzas, go for it. (laughs) But when you're taking supplements and you're taking different medication, there's gotta be people that watch that stuff that approve that stuff that know what you can and can't take. So this was obviously done on the down low. Uh, Was he at a Padres facility? Was he, under the watchful eye of Padres officials? Probably not. Um, was he not even in this country while he, he was rehabbing? Who knows? Um, but when I initially saw that, I thought, oh, I can't wait to see the excuse. Because you can go one of two ways. You can say, what I did was wrong. I'm sorry. Sorry to the Padres fans. Sorry to the Padres organization. Or you can say, I didn't know that was in there. I was told to take this by a team doctor. I didn't know that this was in there. Uh, and that's kind of the route he went. I had ringworm. I took this medication. So everybody went, no, it, that's not. And and then I looked it up too. And the first thing that it says about this drug that he took um, is that there is no U.S. approved um, medical treatment 
in, in anything that it's used in. So there's no, there's nothing that the FDA has said, this is a medical treatment, use this medicine for it. Right. Um, there, there are other alternatives that you can use for ringworm. There's antifungal medication that you can take that doesn't have any of the steroid in it. So for him to say, well, I had, I had ringworm now, I mean, that doesn't cut it, but, um, of course you saw my initial reaction as I texted you and, and hot take Bry. I said, uh, this guy is a fool. He just, I mean, he, he's so young and he's such a fool. He's just shooting himself in the foot over and over again. It's unbelievable. Well, when he signed that, long-term contract with uh, the Padres. The GM was like, you know, you don't see too many 13-year contracts, but this guy's so mature for his age. <laughs> and so then he gets, mature. <laughs> and then he gets hurt off-season, and he hurts his wrist. And we've yeah. seen that before. We've seen that from Jeff Kent, right? Mm -hmm. You remember the Kent? I was washing my yeah. truck. Yeah, oh, yeah. And, and Mad Bum. Mad Bum got hurt as well. Never and been so, the same since that. We 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 you know we we sniffed that one out pretty quickly, but uh, this one came and I was like, mm, yeah, you know he he needs uh, and Machado. Remember Machado last year at the end of the season, right? He was like yelling at this dude in the, in the yeah. lot in, in in the dugout. So I, I still think Fernando Tatis is a fantastic talent. I think he's going to be a great player. He's had a couple of things that he needs to sort of figure out, and that that is a. Let, let's take care of home. Like, let's figure out why we're doing this stuff, why we feel that we need to do this stuff. And let's just take care of business because we are a baseball player. I think he'll figure that stuff out though. I don't know. His pops was like sticking up for him, I guess a little bit, you know, uh, as, as fathers do whatever, oh, yeah. but, but, but he needs sure. a mentor, right? He needs a mentor to go, Hey, this is how you be a professional because I think he's got the most talent out of, you know, who who has more talent than him? He he's he's one of the upper echelon when it comes to that. So yeah. the thing that I took away from that was my guess is the wrist injury, there was a little bit of pressure for him to get back. And thus, let's take something to help, you know, quicken the 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 time frame for me to come back and that'll that'll help me get back sooner. That that's my guess. I don't imagine he's like this guy who takes this stuff to, you know, like sort of like how Maguire and Bonds and Sosa took it from back in the day. Like those guys were just giant human beings. Tatis is not, yeah. I, I don't consider him a giant human. Like he's a pretty, he looks, he, you know, he's still sort of long and thin and athletic. So I don't think he needs that to do what he does. And, and but if he does, man, that, that would be quite the thing. Cause he, what did he, he led baseball, in home runs last year, right? Like he was the, the league leader I, in home runs or national league, I, at least. I don't remember exactly. Um, but, but so like you said too, though, you do have experience with reading up on these things and studying these things. So an anabolic steroid, is that to make you bigger or to help you heal faster? I mean, it could be a couple of different things. It depends on sort of the usage, right? If he has been taking this thing for a long time, then he's trying to gain strength from it. Mm -hmm. But if he took it to quicken the healing of this injury, which is my guess, though, I, I don't know anything, right? There, there could, someone is going to figure out the story. All this stuff right. comes out eventually. But my, my thought immediately was, oh, he was probably hurt and wanted to 
hurry up the, you know, there was some pressure for him to get back. He wants to get back. This a pennant race, you know, he, the, the, the playoffs are coming. He hasn't played all season long. So there's some pressure there. That was my initial thought was he wants to get back sooner than later, but yeah, steroids can help that process. But it also, if you're taking it for long-term, it is for strength and you're, you're sort of being able to work out beyond what you normally can, can work out with when it comes to weights and stuff. So now, now timing wise, do you wonder if the Padres before the trade deadline, if they kind of knew this was coming down, it was being investigated they were alerted to the fact that we're looking into this, be prepared. There may be a suspension for Tatis. If they then upped their offer to Juan Soto and said, we need to get Juan Soto now because this is our situation. Yeah, that's interesting because I saw, um, saw the Padres GM uh, Preller, AJ Preller. He, mm-hmm. Someone asked him about that and he said, I literally found out the day that the news came out. And so supposedly he and Melvin had this conference and I guess it was a, uh, the, the, the team sort of knew something was going on and they had this little conference before. And it was like, Ooh, I wonder what's going on. And then, and then that's what it was. So if you were to believe Preller, they, they had no idea until it happened, but I guess Tatis would have known, uh, a little bit before then. So I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Again, someone will break that down and, and sort of put it together and we'll, we'll figure out exactly what happened. But unfortunate oh, yeah. for Tatis because I'm not a Padres fan, but I'm a fan of young players and I'm a fan of great players. And you want to see these guys reach their peaks and hopefully not against us. But, you know, he, he's a he's a really excellent young player. Uh, he may eventually be uh, an outfielder or maybe even a DH, but man, the guy can hit the baseball a long way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're 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 absolutely going to miss him this year, and he's going to miss 30-something games at the beginning of the next year, automatically disqualified for the playoffs this year. Um, I'm not sure if he's disqualified for the playoffs next year because he's missing games um, due to a suspension from steroids, but I think it's only a one-season thing when it comes to the postseason, but... Yeah, who knows? All right. We are crossing our fingers that the Giants play some good baseball this week. Yes. Um, And, uh, yeah, maybe when we come back next week, hopefully they are still have that little little percentage, whatever that percentage is that they have of a chance because it's much more fun doing this when when they are in, in, uh, you know, when they're competitive. So uh, we'll be back next week. So for Brad... I am Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out. Peace.